0: Introducing The Son of a Ginger Festival A a once-in-a-lifetime event Hosted by the eclectic podcast influencers Mason Moreau and Patrick Baylor Influence Experience the height of luxury Glorious amenities including golden chopsticks At a sushi restaurant once attended by cold-blooded tax evader Wesley Snipes He's got the snipe Like the show House of Cards? The premier $10,000 lodging at Son of a Ginger Fest includes warm, luxurious, literal houses of cards. They're all falling down. But these houses won't crumble. Oh, not like season five or six. Come enjoy breathtaking musical acts that you probably will be too self-centered to pay attention to, such as Kurt Cobain's hologram. Hello. Toto. Africa. And Blink-182 featuring the return of frontman Tom DeLonge. Aliens! So log out of Instagram, take one more hit off of your jewel, and let's start the show.
1: And welcome to the Son of a Ginger Festival, I guess. Mason, we have money for that, right?
0: Uh, don't worry about it. Don't and worry about it. I'm, you know, I got my buddy Jaw, and we're, you know, we're figuring it out. We got credit cards, and it's made of metal. My good pal Jaw. Well, my good buddy Jaw. Well, hey, I'm your favorite influencer, Patrick Baylor.
1: And I'm your second favorite influencer, Mason Moreau. But that's just based off Instagram likes, so it doesn't matter. And we're talking a little bit of. Two documentaries at the same time. They both came out in the same week. We're talking Fire Fraud, produced or at least released and distributed by Hulu, and Fire, the untold something or other subtitle, I forget, uh, made by Netflix and released on January 18th of 2019. Made by Netflix and Jerry
0: Media. Jerry Media. Also known as F. Jerry. Yeah. F. They they wear European clothes, probably from H&M and... uh, and and make movies, and they have a cuss word in their
1: name. <laughs> how edgy!
0: Uh, don't upset my mother. This day day and age in social media, you gotta you gotta upset some parents if you want to get anywhere. Yeah, honestly,
1: some parents were upset, some fans were upset with how this actual festival was unleashed and how it all happened. Do you even want to call it a fire festival, Patrick? Where were you when the fire festival happened? Uh, so what? This was like. April, April twenty seventeen, May twenty seventeen. I was ready to graduate college. Same here, studying for finals. No, I didn't even have any finals my last semester, so that was cool. What? Yeah, I just I had like only four hours of classes. I just Ew. I made a short film. And you that was a,
0: limey bastard. Yeah,
1: so that was fun. Uh, but I do remember the news reports, and for brevity's sake, but so everyone knows what this festival is. Uh, this was this really quick festival put on by. Ja Rule and Billy McFarland, in partnership with Fire Media or something, was this app where you could just book talent like you were you know
0: scrolling through Facebook or any other fun app. They described it as the Uber for booking talent. Yeah. It cut out the middleman. If you want Katy Perry to play your birthday... You just hit a button, pay five hundred grand or whatever, and it's a done deal. Yeah, she's there. Britney Spears plays at your bar mitzvah. Sounds good. Mazel tov.
1: Mazel uh, toxic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's make a Weird Al cover of that right now. <laughs> then to promote this crazy revolutionary, you know, uh, paradigm shifting app that they were gonna have, they wanted to make a big fancy music festival in whoa woo what? The Bahamas.
0: Not just the Bahamas, Pablo Escobar's Old Island. And they thought that was really cool and it really was think about that cool. all of the people who were brutally murdered there. Yeah. Wouldn't hey, it be a
1: great place to host a festival? Hey, you go into the bathroom in the nearby bushes, oh wait, a
0: corpse that no one cleaned up. Maybe you'll find a bag of cocaine buried in the sand. It's a real pirate adventure so speaking of which he wanted a pirate
1: ship yeah and so and then uh that's how it just kind of got out of hand it was a crazy idea in general then they came with no time like they only had like six months to prepare
0: and then seemed to really care like four months and if not less and uh he needed to take at least 12 months to plan something like this and they had less than six and then billy mcfarland
1: is terrible at spending money so and that's but he's He's terrible at what to spend money on. He's really good at, in fact, spending the money. So that's all he kept doing: was spending money, spending money, spending money. Nothing that was helping, and then just kind of not listening to any of his coworkers, uh, his colleagues saying no to him. He only said BS of "I only listen to solutions," and the rest speaks for it itself. To where we now have two
0: documentaries talking about all the pitfalls of it in greater detail. Yeah, you know, I, like before we get into, I was sort of want to take a page out of both of these documentaries books sure. and sort of start off with what Billy McFarland was good at. What was he? He was good at building hype, yeah. speaking to millennials and scamming people. Ooh, yeah. He couldn't deliver on any of that hype. So instead he decided to just do a sort of scam this person to pay back the people I scammed here and we'll scam. And it was just this vicious cycle of scamming. Yeah. Uh, And that's ultimately what landed him six years in federal prison.
1: Yeah, and that really best describes, I think, what ended up getting him into prison was, like, towards the end of all the fire controversy, he was, like, selling fake tickets. I think he literally, like, one of the people literally said that. It was like, oh, yeah, he paid for these tickets and got these tickets to then pay for these tickets. And then, like, you know, like, he got Super Bowl tickets. And then sold those right. yeah, to pay for the, something was, else
0: to pay for like national championship tickets, whatever. We're just telling everyone, Oh, I have tickets to the Met Gala. And they don't have tickets to the Met Gala. Yeah. You have to get invited. Yeah. And uh so that's what so like to get into
1: so we had two documentaries and there's a little bit of overlap. A little bit, but in in a positive way to kind of like really strike the right points and really hit home the points that show the absurdity of all of this. One of, one of which is both of them. I remember at the end said, "You can't get tickets to the Met Gala." What, 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 what? So yeah. it's like, okay, this guy seriously is yeah taking advantage of someone that can't do a simple Google search to find you know
0: Met Gala tickets. Structure-wise, they hit the same beats. Yeah, they start out with telling you how larger than life Billy is. Uh, they tell you how larger than life his ideas were, and then they show you how he could not follow through on any of them, and that the planning. For this event just goes downhill from there and then end with the aftermath but I think one thing the Hulu one does that the Netflix one doesn't is they have interviews with Billy first of all and because of that the Hulu one at the end sort of starts to focus in on how much of a villain he is truly Mm -hmm. right he's he's addicted to scamming people essentially and he's He's going to do it again if he's not held accountable for it. And, like, it doesn't seem like jail is really going to do much for him because he's literally scamming people in prison. Yeah, I know. He's trying to teach them music production on an iPad. <laughs> and so, uh, and like, when did he ever learn how to professionally produce music? Ever? Never. Like, is so, it like any more than him going to, like, lynda.com or whatever? And <laughs> he's like, hey, I like your toothbrush shank. You want me to teach you music? And you can give me that? <laughs> hey, that's how you. He's he knows how to bargain, I guess you know. Hey, uh, Billy the rapist! You
1: don't rape me. I'll teach you how to play music and let's just be friends. That both of our
0: names are Billy. Oh yeah, I, mean, I didn't think about it, but <laughs> anyway, maybe Billy did turn into a prison rapist. I don't know. Let let's uh, let's not speculate. Yeah, <laughs> let's not let's not sully his name, shall we? Yes, uh, he's a. No, so the Hulu one really, really did uh, focus more on Billy towards the end. And I think the Netflix one sort of focused more on the event and the effects of the event and how many people it really, whose, whose lives it really affected. Yeah. Uh, and both of them are sort of, are, are worth watching to me because they, they have different lenses towards the end. They view the event in different lenses. The one, the Hulu one is more of a call to action at the end. And the Netflix one is more of a cautionary tale. 100%. Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like as we keep talking about the Hulu one, so uh, you watched the Hulu one first. You, you watched them, I guess, both of these in order they were released. You watched the Hulu one first, the Monday it came out, or the Tuesday, whatever, and then uh, we watched the Netflix one together on its premiere day. I watched Netflix first and then Hulu later in the weekend. I would say Hulu, the Hulu one was good supplementary information to where, like, you know, I think if I, watched before like you had it would feel like a prequel if anything to me while you know i really do think the netflix one you know it was better produced it looked better yeah so one thing aside but i think with the talking heads that they had in uh the hulu one i got the periphery of it i got kind of how it affected the the festival goer or you know we saw his girlfriend for a little bit but uh it was cool to know kind of who was in the weeds of it with the netflix one
0: that's pretty much all the Hulu one was really. It was, it was a lot of Ken Burns images zoomed in as B roll footage, and then Talking Heads, Talking Heads, Talking Heads. And it really wasn't m- much actual footage from the event because all of that footage was being used by the Netflix one. You know, like yeah. they they had all the rights to that footage. So yeah, I I liked I mean, in the Hulu one. I would right. I watched the Hulu one first, and. Having watched the, first, the Hulu one first, I watched the Netflix one, and I felt like all of the, the main beats that were very fascinating, save for a couple, were covered in the Hulu one to where I felt like the Netflix one was a retread for a, a lot of it. In the Hulu one, you learn a little bit more about Magnesis. Yes. Uh, in the Netflix one, you learn all about Billy's mentor and the shit that he had to go through. For lack of a better term, he was a good character witness. Right? He was, uh, he, you sort of really, really felt bad for him. And then you start to feel bad for a lot of these people that were surrounded.
1: Yeah, I agree. That was the only kind of exclusive thing that we got from Hulu that we didn't get from Netflix. Because what I loved about Netflix is the Netflix one is that I was able to root for those characters as well. And there's just so many, even with like the little amount of screen time they had. And then that's the thing with the Hulu documentary though is like, that was the only like exclusive character that we got but you know he had passed so he wasn't really able to speak for himself what i loved way more about the netflix documentary is that it was the dudes that were in the weeds that had to go through all of billy's bs every damn day and you can really see how loyal they were to him really till the very end like you know uh my favorite guys uh my favorite people on there andy king like the the main consultant and like kind of like his godfather a little bit at least been ushering billy And then uh, Mark Weinstein, the yoga guy. He was also very interesting. And both of these guys seemed, at least based on their interviews, they seemed pretty instrumental in their influence and how everything got and then how they were not able to influence and tell Billy anything. Billy didn't listen to them.
0: But could you say that these fellows were uh, complicit in things? I don't know. I don't think Weinstein was complicit because he tried his hardest to – to tell them, hey, this is not going to work. And then they're like, okay, we're, we're going to fire you. We paid you 30% and we're still holding out the 70%. And they probably didn't even have his 70%, to be no honest. But, like, how is he going to know that? You know what I mean? Like, he's he wants to get paid for this. Yeah. Right? And it, like, if you're, if like you said, it was being dangled like a carrot. You know, if, when money comes into the equation and when you know that there is, that there are tens of millions of dollars going into this thing and a chunk of it is probably yours, if you get your job done correctly, then it's, it, it it muddies the water a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. The the it's it's not black and white anymore. You start hitting a gray area, a moral gray area, where you're like, should I should I sacrifice the amount I'm getting paid and and sacrifice all of this work I've done to to just release that this festival is not possibly not going to happen when maybe there's the possibility that they'll be able to throw it together. Yeah, it's a big moral dilemma, and I don't know what I would do in the situation. So I really can't. I I don't feel comfortable judging what anyone else would do in this situation, and that honestly, it just makes me sim- sympathize for all those involved, aside from Billy and his little pro buddy guy marketing marketing officer and Ja Rule.
1: Well, yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate because now you know as they talk about on camera two years later, they know everything that they could have done, but yeah, like they just are coming in with oh this this big pro this big tech guy is gonna get me paid and we're going to do something cool like everyone seemed very excited about the adulation of everything in both documentaries they mentioned this is going to be the next Woodstock and even Woodstock was crazy and had terrible riots and weather things and everything but right and when we no were watching talks about that yeah. when
0: we were watching the Netflix documentary when Andy King said no one talks about uh, all of the the cars that were lined up at Woodstock and the lack of water and food and all of that. Everyone talks about the memora- memorable events, memorable performances that happened. And you know, I turned to you when we were watching. It, I was like, that seems like sound logic. Yeah, you know, it, like it. You know, you don't know what's going to happen until it happens. And 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 the kingpin of the whole thing just so happened to be a horrible con artist. It's so easy to love a good talker. You're so right. Hitler was an amazing at giving speeches. On the adverse side of things, so is Obama, and everyone <laughs> loves Obama. You know, like and like most people love Obama because he was he just, was just an eloquent person, and that he was able to put things in a way that so many people agreed with. And you can you can use your way with words for good or evil. Yeah, as we showed right? those two. Yeah. And so. And, and you can convince someone that the evil you're doing is completely good. Right? Yeah. So yeah, of this thing of like, oh, we don't need to pay these guys or oh, the water's
1: not here. Well, let's skirt around it. Let's try to steal the water. Let's try to steal the merch. Blah, 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 forget about it. We, we just want to get the show on the road because if we do all these things, it'll be crazy. But yeah, man, I mean, the dishonesty is, it's the biggest thing. You know, it, it stinks to be in all this. And I know, yeah, I guess I know what all these guys are going through because at the end they are doing this because they think they're getting paid as well and right. getting paid paid a pretty penny.
0: So speaking of dishonesty, uh, how liable would you really consider Jerry Media to be in this whole thing? So, because from the ground up, you know, we they talk about in the Netflix documentary and a little bit in the Hulu one about that orange picture tweeted out by twenty or so of the of America's. Or not uh, the world's premier supermodels. Orange picture tweeted out by all of them that started this whole ball rolling. Yeah, right. Uh, all Jerry Media's idea. They ran social media for this festival. They kept promoting it. They were silencing people who had questions. Do you really? Do you feel like they were liable, or do you feel like they were doing a job and were trying to collect a check, just like Mr. Weinstein? So I talked
1: about this with my girlfriend after just watching the Netflix one and saying, oh, I don't think so. And like, you know, it seemed like they're just kind of doing their job. You know, like I've been there, you know, we work in the ad world, the marketing world to where it's like, oh, yeah, the, the client's giving us stuff. We put it out on their schedule. You know, that's it. And, you know, I kind of talked to her about that with that, that same exact thinking, and then she just was like, mm-hmm. watch the Hulu doc, and then you'll get the full picture. And knowing that they deleted things and kind of were able to warp the festival goers' reality to, like, even just asking very basic information.
0: To yeah. the, and, the, and then it's that like, outrage. I don't have my flight info.
1: And then that outrage that, they, that those festival goers aren't getting that information, yeah, then deleting it, yeah, they are very much liable, I think. Early on, no. As it got there, and they did learn about things. I mean, hell, they were on the plane, and they got there, and, and they were at the festival, and they were still posting stuff. They were still posting stuff while they were there. That's where it's bad. That's where it's liable. Because like early on, it's like, again, you're getting paid by these new guys, and uh, you're able to get these this talent on there, and it's like, okay, well, this is probably cool and good. Yeah, let's try something new. Try something experimental. Let's push boundaries, and... Yeah, just the more involved they get, the worse it gets.
0: Yeah. And also they they failed to take into account how much it would hurt their personal brand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you know, if how much work is Jerry Media getting now? I do like, no I mean, especially from Netflix after and these, that's it. I mean, yeah, they made this movie with Netflix um which I feel like they felt was going to sort of bring them back to zero. If that yeah. made sense. Or that makes sense. And then this Hulu one was seems rushed together to come out so that they can say, hey, listen, Jerry Media is liable and they're making this movie, so we've made this one to sort of present you with all of the facts before you watch this one, right? And that's, that's sort of what also, going back to uh, the first little topic, is I do appreciate the fact that I was able to watch the Hulu one before the Netflix one, so I had that prior knowledge that uh, Jerry Media was a little bit more involved than they lead on in the Netflix one
1: even like the the filmmakers like it was it was a interesting i felt a little unnecessary take but they had it anyway of just like asking like what the camera guy thought in the netflix one of just like yeah they really want us to get pigs and they but like it just kind of shows like how early on they knew the un- how unprofessional
0: everything was yeah and ja rule's like you want the pig we get the pig you want hot models we get the hot models. Come on hot models you want follow the- me in there let's do it yo let's you want to scam all the instagram influence we're gonna scam the instagram influences you want to give them toast with cheese on it we're gonna give them toast with cheese on it yeah all of that ja
1: rule uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and i think that kind of shows early on like you and i have been there we've filmed clients and you can kind of tell how unprofessional someone is based on just how they prepare something you know i mean literally if they're not preparing something you know they're not that very prepared are they uh yeah but yeah so like they're going in this big promo shoot and then they're like oh let's just get a bunch of cool stuff and make it look as cool as possible is it as cool as possible not really they didn't take all the steps to make the festival itself with logistics as cool as possible. But
0: boy, did they make you think it'd look pretty. Can you talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Yeah. No, you can't. Your hand's covered in chalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And so we talk about that and we talk about how, you know, Jerry Media does all these things to grab your attention. And I also really love what the Hulu documentary kind of showed in explaining the science a little bit more of how they decided on like this orange tile and everything. I thought that was cool. But all of this is to get the attention of millennials. Millennials are now old now, you know, most like not most millennials, but like millennials are like 35 now. There's 35-year-old millennials. Yeah. Uh so they're all young people getting their buck, all working and some working harder and making a lot more money than others and you know, they want to spend it. They want to treat themselves.
0: Well, they're also idolizing the people that are way more fortunate than they are exactly or who at least look like they are and because there's
1: such an easier window into that through instagram and snapchat and twitter and facebook and all the social media and because you know every face or because instagram is like literally that little window how about i go to the most exclusive festival around town this year and hit up Firefest and Get a bunch of cool pictures of me swimming with dolphins and playing with little pigs in the water and jamming out to Blink-182 and Major Laser and Migos. Right.
0: Hell yeah. yeah there's, there's a reason Dan Bilzerian, a piece of shit, Ugh, has that guy. 30 million followers on Instagram. Yeah, he's because he's just some
1: buff dude with just chicks around him all the time, you know?
0: He's living a fantasy. It's, Who are these women? Yeah, I, I don't know. they probably pays them. Yeah, but, right. So, you know, we can take this... You think about the genesis of so- social media, MySpace, Facebook, it's all about self-expression and you just sort of making a page on the internet that's 100% yours and just sharing it with your friends. And then over time it's just become the it, it's it's becoming the way to show everyone how fun your life is. Yeah. Right? Even if you're completely dying inside, if you're the most depressed person on the planet, you can still have an Instagram account that garners thousands of likes. Yeah, if you know right?
1: how to use that filter pretty and have a witty caption, yeah, you know.
0: So, you know, music festivals started out as a way to gather all of these acts that people love and have one price of, of admission and be able to go and experience all of these acts in one place. Not anymore. Right. And so, the Fire Festival sort of represents this trajectory of social media as well because it's it's throwing a music festival that's now only worried about outward appearance. Yeah, it's only worried about how everyone who's not going is going to perceive it, Mm -hmm. right? And then it's just so satisfying when you find out that they didn't deliver on a single promise, not one, because it just goes to show you how fake everything is that you're seeing online. And if you had any semblance of a belief that what you're seeing on Instagram is truly how these people are living their lives, then it gets squashed, right? Right. Dan Bilzerian's had three heart attacks because he's done too much cocaine. And he's Mm in his 30s. Like, it's not all sunshine and bitches. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to describe Instagram these days, anyway, right? right?
1: (laughs) The fire fraud, the Hulu one, it made a good point of, I guess, showing the genesis. Journal charge. It's like how Sean Conner would say
0: Genesis. You fire festival.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Showing the genesis of what music festivals have kind of turned into just in the last decade. Because the best way to describe it, you know, uh, our local festival, Music Midtown, it came back. It was a fun, you know, short, like two-day thing. Uh, It had like mostly, I'd say, alternative acts. I don't think there was even VIP experiences if there were... There wasn't that big of a difference. But it was all kind of the same music. And now it's it's much bigger. There's a way bigger range of acts, way wider range of acts. And as much as I love uh, love those, those festivals, you know, I could tell like the last two years it's been about what are you going to get on your Instagram and stuff like that, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, and they showed it yeah, with Coachella as yeah, well. Coachella yeah. is the fire festival that works essentially, you know, like you've got people dropping hundreds of dollars on what they're going to wear to it and, you know, making sure that they're... You should go to a festival. I mean, this is a hot take. I'm interrupting my point just to say this. You should go to a festival not caring whether or not your phone's going to die. Totally. Like, I like to get maybe a video or two of the bands just for my safekeeping so I can remember that later. If you want pictures, bring a camera. Yeah, bring a disposable camera and have them developed later. That's more fun than just taking a whole bunch of disposable pictures on, on your s- cell phone.
1: A hundred percent. You know, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, worrying your phone's gonna die for the sake of you're gonna get that pic- that right picture to share, and that right, you know, video to send to someone.
0: Like, you're cares? taking yourself out of the experience. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta look up and enjoy. Young the Giant. Yeah. And boy, did I enjoy them
1: a few months ago! Everyone loves to make fun of millennials, and for a good reason—in that we are
0: self-absorbed and also we're just that the, at that point in the generational spectrum that you know our elders hate us, and we're not elders yet.
1: Yeah, and that's been the same thing no matter if you're a baby boomer, a greatest generation, or a Gen Zer. You know, the, the older people are going to make fun of you. Because, ah, oh, it was tougher in my day, you know. But, so with that, you know, I would a baby boomer have paid for an all-expenses-paid trip to the Bahamas, in you know, for a festival in the 60s or 70s? Um,
0: maybe not, you know. Possibly. You never know. I mean, like, there's all, pe- all kinds of people out there. That,
1: Everything was cheaper back then. Yeah. But they had the difference of not sharing it to Instagram or Facebook. It'd yeah, they didn't have social media. It was a contained experience. It just be to tell Susie down at the... When you come back from school, hey Susie, guess what I did over the summer? Did something real
0: cool, real keen. Want to go to the want to go to the sock hop with me? You'd have these cool, vivid stories that you could bring back from these festivals instead of just being, you know, having this Instagram story that you save to your highlights or whatever. And just, like people would be like, "How was it?" And it's like, "Oh, watch my story." Tell them the story. Yeah, watch my story, or like what I've uh, come
1: across a lot of, just like, "Oh yeah, I saw on Instagram you did this, cool, cool." It's like, "Yeah, I did that."
0: yeah, well, let's talk about it. It's like, oh, that's well, kind of it. Yeah, well, great, thanks. <laughs> Did you learn everything? You know, I honestly, so in closing thoughts, I think what I've learned from this documentary is that living in the moment is what's important, especially when it comes to these types of experiences and worrying about outward appearance can be so empty. It's, it's such an empty cause worrying so much about what other people think of you and what other people are going to think of this and how you're here. You know, you should be focusing more on what you're doing. You want to future proof your experiences
1: because you can make it look great in that 24 hour or 48 hour period, however lo- relevant your post is going to be. You can worry about that. And you can worry about, oh, great, everyone liked my photo of me seeing Blink182 at Firefest. I had such a great time.
0: I sang all the small things. And Matt Skiba did an okay job. Great. And I paid $10,000 for 48 hours where I get to forget about my problems.
1: Yeah. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with – it's noth- nothing wrong with if you pay, like, the big old VIP experience either. That can be fun. But are you going to just, yeah, stare at your damn phone the whole time? I feel like an old man. Uh, stare at your damn phone the whole time and really care about only that social engagement that you get? Or are you going to hold on to those photos that you maybe keep and just keep for yourself? Or, you know, just – Put your phone away entirely and think about the memories. And then you can think in two, five, ten, thirty years. Oh yeah, I remember when I went to the fire fest. Oh and boy was it fire! Sure, they slept in some geodesic domes, but that major laser, oh he can really jam. <laughs> Those amigos, they kept saying mama, and that's where I met your mama. We shared the same dome as we were fighting for a mattress and. We locked eyes, and that's, that was history, kids. And that's how uh, that's how we met. Now, Johnny, hand me my afternoon molly. <laughs> so, yeah, millennials are dumb. Um, We're and, dumb. We're and, stupid and, and Billy McFarlane knew how to swindle a few, but it's good to see justice. Um, ja Rule, though, is making the same version of the Fire app into something, I forget what it's called. Icon and... It's Icon with two Ns. Cool. Icon and... <laughs> Not Icon the... It's like a film company that makes... Icon, na like, na 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 Is that some, like, under listen to My Chemical Romance you're singing? Yeah, music? that's a good reference. Would they be at the Firefest? Fest, the, the second one, if it ever happens? Or Icon Fest, if Ja Rule gets that off of the ground? No, they're,
0: they're broken up fully. Billy Gerard Way would go.
1: But like that, that's the thing. That's a Billy
0: McFarland promise right there. Free. <laughs> we brought my free My Chemical Romance tickets.
1: Well, My Chemical Romance is getting back together at Fire 2. Oh, my. Get us on there.
0: Ah! Fire 2. Fire 2. All right. well, you Fire know, 2, with the that, electric blue glue. <laughs> <laughs> with that, I think we're going to close out. Uh, make sure you buy your tickets to the Son of a Ginger Festival. It's going to be a great time. Wesley Snipes may or may not be there. I saw him there once and you can listen to whatever you miss on what uh
1: we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all the stuff, right
0: Mason? Is that about it? Pretty much all of those, yeah. I remembered it now. Now I'm saying it. Look at me. There you go. Look at that. Obviously, if you're listening to this, then you're already listening to it on one of these services, but tell everyone else. Maybe if you're listening on the radio, you know. <laughs> yeah, we go on broadcast at 2:45 in the morning on W coq uh, but we do have some
1: friends in radio you never know you never know if they need some programming yeah
0: if they need some programming they can ask us all they want <laughs> and i'll say yes freelance
1: djs well with that y'all i'm your second no i'm your first best influencer
0: patrick baylor i'm your second best influencer wickety 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 mason goodbye influencers and millennials alike